0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, October 11, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff on the docket today. We're going to go over a lot of different things, both from A big picture perspective and an intraday perspective. A couple of things happened intraday. I want to address them. We're going to go over how Inside the Number members picked off low of day. We're going to discuss another trade I put on today, the reasons why, and what happened after the fact. We're also going to have a discussion around some shenanigans. It's not really a shenanigans tail candle per se, just garden variety. Shenanigans. And then I have something a little special to show you later on. You're going to have to stick around to see the goods. What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? Well, they spiked the low. They closed above the former low. The low we're talking about is around 357. The actual low, 357.04, they spiked it today. They got down slightly below 356. Inside the number, members picked the market off at 356, give or take. Official low of day was 355.71. And as you can see from an intraday perspective, the low here, 355.81, that was the morning trade. They bounced all the way up to a high of 363 before coming down and then collapsing into the end of the day. We'll talk about that later, but that was the morning trade. There's nothing new jumping off the page on the daily chart. They're testing the most recent lows break the lows, and they start the next leg lower. The next big-time number that we have, not an intraday number, but the next big-time number is the unfinished business around 350, give or take. And then below that, we have the completion of the head and shoulders pattern down in the low 340s. And then we have the stuff we talked about last night and all the reasons why that general area is a bona fide bounce place. Weekly chart, no change. They're hovering around the 200-week moving average, formulating a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. They tried to bounce last week. They've yet failed so far, and they're in what we call a struggling-slash-bearish formation. Just to reiterate, monthly chart, stones throw away from the 50-month moving average. We talked about it yesterday. It's worth reiterating because it's important that they're not going to just miss that, and it's likely they're not going to just stop there either. Maybe short-term, but in the big picture, they're going lower. couple of pieces of economic data on the board this week. We've got the CPI. We've got the PPI. Not necessarily in that order. I believe they're reversed. I think PPI is tomorrow. CPI is Thursday. We could care less what the numbers are. All we care about is that the market is likely to have a reaction around these numbers. CPI in the past, nobody cared. Now all of a sudden, it's in focus. Let's go back to a look at the intraday activity today. Now right at the vertical is today's activity. We're doing things a little bit different, maybe slightly in reverse. You're gonna see a lot of this stuff inside the numbers, but I wanna make a point because of the intraday activity, specifically in the afternoon. We're not really focused on the morning trade. I've already told you about that. We don't need to belabor that. What we're really focused on is the collapse in the afternoon. Around three o'clock in the afternoon, the market just opened the trap door and she fell right through. Now, keep in mind, there's a method to the madness. And there's a reason why I'm doing things in this order because I want to show you something interesting. As that was happening, just human nature is you kind of look around to say, hey, what does the market believe? The reasons are, I'm always intrigued by, what's the news saying the reason is behind the drop? Now, maybe there was something big that happened, and that can certainly be the case, but a lot of times, it's just a bunch of bunk. They look for a reason after the movement of the market, and then since they're talking about it on TV, everybody hops on the bandwagon, and that by default becomes the reason the market dropped. So today, the reason became the Bank of England pension deadline on this Friday, the 14th of October. So apparently that news item comes out at three o'clock in the afternoon. They pull the rug out of the market. Everybody sells everything they have and the market drops through the floor. However, is that really what happened? Now, this is what I believe. And everybody has their own traits, positive and things we need to work on. I have plenty of things we need to work on. But one of the positive traits that I believe I have, and I've always had, is I don't take anybody's word for it, especially something on TV. I do the homework. Most people are too lazy to do the homework, so they take what somebody else says, and they say, hey, that sounds good, all right, that's the reason. And they don't really care too much about it. But since this is around my business, I do care about it, so I do the homework. Here it is. This one is out of risk.net. And this is the article that says pension funds brace for end of BOE intervention. Basically, in short is the BOE or the Bank of England has some kind of collateral requirements that they're changing for the pension funds. And then it puts the pension funds behind the eight ball. And frankly, I didn't really dig into it too much. I don't really care too much. I just care that it's something out there. But wait, look over here to the left. You'll see in faint print. It's from October 7th, 2022, which was last Friday. This isn't new news. This is regenerated, regurgitated news. This was the news that was convenient to be the excuse for the decline, not the reason. The reason was, for whatever the market's internal reason is, it had an appointment back down at 3.56 to run another test. We don't have to pin it to a news item. Especially one that everybody, and I can't say everybody, but most people today believed what they heard on TV, notwithstanding the fact that it wasn't new news. How do you like Dem Apples? Let's take a look at Inside the Numbers and then we'll circle back to some other stuff. I have more stuff that's interesting. It's turnaround Tuesday at zero dark 30. They're killing the tape, already dipping below yesterday's target of SPY 357. So therefore, that's going to be our early pivot of sorts. This is at zero dark 30, notwithstanding the movement that may or may not occur as we get close to the opening bell. Getting below and closing candles below is what activates the automatic door for lower stuff. It looks like this. 355.60 is the next southern target for the bears to reach. Now, by the way, There's a couple of things when you read this. Remember what low of day was. It was just above that number by pennies. And also, we took a trade above that number. From an intraday perspective, as things get underway, things change. So the buy price was moved up a little bit. We took the trade at 356, and it worked out, as they say, like a charm. We had some lower possibilities on the board as a just in caser. Again, at zero dark 30, you never know. You don't exactly know what's going to happen by and after the opening bell. If they were to stay above certain prices, they'll fight back to 359, 360, and above, which you'll see later. Let's move along. See what else is going on. 830, they move already back to the flat line. They were killing the tape a little bit at zero dark 30. So they do this all the time. They rally the tape. So either one of two things is going to happen it was a fake out and we've got a turn around tuesday on our hands or they're going to kill the tape again after the opening bell sucking in the early johnny come latelys so right around the opening bell here's what we had 921 we had 360 is our pivot getting above puts on the table 362 and a half getting below puts on the table 359 for starters and then 357 and then lower stuff The lower stuff played into our hand. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. 938. Eight minutes into the trading day for a scalp trade for those interested. 356, give or take, is a spot. If they broke 357 and spike it down to 356, give or take, there should be a bounce back for at least a scalp trade. If they creep into it, no dice. 950. 356 give or take is still okay for me for a scalp trade. however, the longer they creep along, the less likely or attractive it becomes. Once again at 10 o'clock, 356 give or take is a number. It should produce a bounce and they're not getting there in a hurry formation but sliding in. Trader's choice. Does't mean it won't work? It means that I sense the risk is increasing. And then by 1005, just as quickly as I said that, They came into it, they started to bounce, and the rest is history, as they say. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. I'm going to show you a couple of other things that make sense to accentuate the point that the numbers actually do work. 11.30, remember this from this morning, above 3.60 on candle closes, and the door begins to open for 3.62.50. We think better in pictures. Right at the vertical is today's activity. The middle line is 360. They spike it. They spike up over it. They come back to run a test. Once they establish price above 360, they begin to work their way to where? 362.50, even a little higher. And that's where they ended up stalling out for the afternoon. And then they had that collapse at the end of the day that we already spoke about. Pause the video, read the notes. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. Everything you need is in here from a schematic perspective each and every day, despite what one member believes, which is that I am not, and I emphasize not, working for the benefit of my customers, my subscribers, my members, whatever you want to call them. So this person is obviously on the chopping block. And by the way, Why did this person send me that email? And I'm just going on a soapbox here, you have to deal with me for a moment. Because at three o'clock, I wasn't around to see the rug get pulled out of the market and they blame me for whatever happened in their account. Inside the numbers is a morning business 94.7% of the time, which makes it by definition a morning business. I start at 5.30, when do you start? You think I'm kicking my feet up on the desk in the afternoon? I have to then prepare for this video each and every day. And I love every minute of it. But don't tell me I don't do this for the benefit of my members. You, sir, or ma'am, are officially fired. What do we got for Stocks on the Move today? Well, we had a nice little laundry list. Keep in mind, earnings season gets kicked off this Friday, I believe, with the first of them. And then next week, we'll start with the banks and stuff. And then they'll come fast and furious. So get your trading shoes on. It's going to get... Busy. We're going to take a look at the chart of CPE and JKS. The others didn't hit their number. One came close. I believe it was Zoom, a little bit of a heartbreaker. The rest are off the table. They're no trades. Just for kicks, here's a chart of Zoom. The number on the board, bright and early, was $70.32. The low of day was $70.44. Look at that rip. Didn't get it, but the numbers work. CPE, there you have it. The numbers work. JKS, there you have it, the numbers work. Look at this low. $47.05 against an entry of $47.06 and a rip higher 48.35 in a matter of minutes. How you doing? What's going on over in camp IWM? Looking at the daily chart, this is what jumps off the page. It's in a downtrend. We know about all that stuff. The weekly chart looks terrible, the daily chart looks terrible, the monthly chart looks terrible. But when you drill down a little bit just from a Short-term basis, here's what I see. Keep in mind, IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. They're not making new lows. They haven't tested the low yet as the SPY has, for example. Why is that? Why aren't they selling the higher-risk assets as opposed to the ones they are selling? So, for example, when you take a look at what's inside the IWM, they're going to be higher risk in nature than the stuff that's inside of the S&P 500, that's just the facts. It's a puzzle piece, it's on the table. I'm not saying they formed a low and they're gonna rally for months from here. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that it could be an indication, and think about this, right? They were even up today, so there is relative strength. We saw it yesterday, we saw it a couple of times already. They haven't made a new low. They're looking different on the chart. It could be a signal That there's some kind of a bounce coming. It's a could be. Could be isn't a technical term. It's my term. Technical bounce to where? 173, 174, 175, something like that. That's not out of the question. All you need is a spark. You have a recipe this week. PPI, CPI. They can kill the tape. They can pop the tape. Either way, it's energy that's going to be released onto the tape. Here we go again, second favorite market-leading indicator, canary in the coal mine, DJT, the folks down at the transportation department. Not breaking down, nowhere near the lows. Why is that? Every chart, every market, every time frame is telling us something. We may not be able to interpret every chart, every time frame. However, sometimes they're telling us something and it's jumping off the page. And when I bring up the IWM, you saw what I saw. Now we bring up the transports and you see what I see. Again, they're actually making a bullish flaggish kind of pattern. It's more of a wedge, it's a pullback, it's whatever you wanna call it. We're not assigning names, we're just looking at the concept of what the market's doing and they're riding the 20 period moving average looking for an excuse to have a pop. If the market was gonna fall apart, and this is a true canary in the coal mine, How come they're not down testing the lows? It's a great question. Put it on a sticky note. Cue people, new lows, not the same story. We treat each chart independent of one another. It's all the same market though, but they're definitely ahead of the power curve in terms of the negativity on the charts. The monthly chart is below its 50 month moving average. The weekly chart is comfortably below its 200 period moving average. And the moving averages on the daily chart are nowhere to be found. Here's sticky note stuff, 260, give or take, is the gateway for 250 and lower. 260 is important. They got the 261 today. I'm telling you the number is 260. The financials are flirting with the lows. So we've got some charts telling us one thing, we've got some charts telling us another, we've got conflicts on the charts, we've got divergences on the charts, and this is one of the ways that Mrs. Market teams up with Trick and Company to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Smash mouth. We'll just look at the weekly charts since they're breaking down. There's nothing to see on the daily chart. It's at the bottom of the page. Sticky note stuff. 169 and a quarter. Write it down. All right. Now I want to show you something a little out of the ordinary. So I have numbers that are important. I have mathematics at my disposal. I have what I call the calculator number. What I've done is... I've taken the calculator number, and I gave it to somebody that knows how to program stuff inside of a web page, and they made the calculator as some kind of a database output kind of situation. Let me show you one or two examples, and I'm not sure exactly what I'm gonna do with this thing yet. I've been using this thing in a different form on a Google Sheet for years and years and years. First it was a calculator, then it was Excel, then it was a Google Sheet, then it's a calculator, it's whatever I want, but it's where the numbers come from, at least in part. Let me explain. Let me show you a couple of examples. We'll take an SPY chart, and let's just take a pivot high. We're just working with one thing right now, just a pivot high, 431.73. So I put the number in the calculator. If I put in a pivot low, it will give you the Fibonacci retracements. We're not going to worry about that right now. We're just going to work with important numbers using a pivot high. So we come over here. Very simple. It's a very rudimentary thing. It's just raw data. We hit calculate and we come up with results. I took the results and I put lines on the chart. Now it doesn't look like much on a daily chart, but let's see what those numbers did in terms of a market reaction on the way down. Remember the pivot high is put in. So we put in the number into the calculator and it gives us what should be important numbers on the way down, which we can call support numbers, we can use them in conjunction with other things. In fact, that's how I do use them. I use them in conjunction with everything else I teach, and the reason I put the Fibonacci option in there is because we can also see which ones are coming close to a possible retracement if we also have a pivot low and it's retracing or vice versa. You can do it either way, from low to high, high to low important numbers on the way down, important numbers on the way up. We got the whole kitten caboodle covered. Watch this. Here's a 60 minute chart. I'm just going to scroll back until we find that pivot high, and then we'll see how the market reacted on the numbers. Now, what I urge you to do if you're using the calculator at some point in time, and by the way, here's that high, and it is exactly 431.73. So, What I was going to say is we use the numbers with all the other stuff I teach. The breakdown candle highs, the breakup candle lows, Fibonacci retracements, pivot highs, trend lines, symmetry. All that stuff is taught in the course Lazy E-mini Trader. Now look what happened. The first number was 426.45. Look what happened when the market got there. Now these numbers aren't going to always stop the market on a dime and it reverses. That's not what they are. They're numbers that are magnetic. They're going to attract the market into them. So they could be a short getting to the number or they're going to stop the market from declining at least for a period of time. If they gap below a number or above a number, well, we know the next number in line is activated. They're not all going to do the same thing. They're not all going to react the same way because it depends on what else is going on there. We use all the other things. This is like the cherry on top. Look at the next number, 421.40. Look what happened when the market got to it. It hovered, it hovered, it tested it, but then what happened? It gapped below it. So it stopped on it, but it came up short first. So therefore, it's kind of giving us an indication that now the destination is probably somewhere else. Got a bearish flaggish pattern. We know about that. We use that. We learn that. We could see that. They're making a bearish flaggish pattern right on top of the number. What's that telling you? They're hanging out for a cup of coffee. They're going to the next one. 411.20, look what happened. They came up just short here, and what's the low right here? 411.39 against 411.20. That's pretty close, and they bounced away. Again, sometimes they're going to come up slightly short. Sometimes they're going to spike them through. This is a number out of a calculator. It's a magnetic thing. It's a big-time thing. It's not from a 10-minute chart. Let's just keep going. The next one down, 406.05. Look what happened here. At the end of the day, They came into it as they're killing them into the close. Remember, this is an hourly chart. They closed below it as they're killing them into the close. What does that tell you? The destination is somewhere else. What's the next number? 401.03. What's the low right here? 401.20. Pretty darn close. They bounce off of it to where? Run a test of the next number above. See how this works? Let's see what else we have. 3.91.17. What happened when they came into 3.91.17? They went right back to the next number. Back to the same 391.17. You see how this works? Look how these numbers are attracting the market to them. 381.35 down here. Look at this. Now, it just so happens we're looking at this in the middle of a downtrend, so we're not getting these tremendous bounces of multiple points off these numbers because the market's in the middle of a downtrend. But you can see how these numbers are, in fact, important. What about the cues. Let's take a look at something else. we get the calculator out, 3.3442, we hit calculate, we come out with results, putting some of the lines on the board for the cues, and you can see here, here was that high, I believe the high is 3.3442, that's correct. And you can see in the downtrend, the numbers are going to stop the market from falling for a while, but if the market has a different destination in mind, you can see some of the lower numbers had more of a reaction. This one worked out well, 298 85. and look at this by the way and this is what I do all day every day come over and look at a different chart and I look 298.85 what was the reason that they actually bounced there for whatever time they did well look at this initially breakup candle low how you doing so you see you put a number together with a breakup candle low a spike of a big fat round number and you start to get what we call and you know what's coming a full stack not all the numbers are going to produce a trade but you find the numbers that coincide with other stuff that you're looking for that can produce a trade. It's one more arrow in your quiver. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.